my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I'm sending you all so much love today, and I hope that the sun is shining wherever you are. If you have tapped on the title of this episode, I'm not sure if it's because you're dealing with the topic or if you're just one of our True Blue listeners, and so you're checking in every week to see what I'm talking about. But this week, we are talking about coping with breakups from situationships. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again to, to introduce the topic, but situationship relationships, even though they do not have an official title, the breakups, the emotional exchange, the commitment that you have when you're in a situationship, if you're heartbroken over it, is just as significant as if you were officially girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, (laughs) partner, partner. And so it needs to be honored and it needs to be respected. And a lot of times when we talk to our friends and family members about the pain that we're feeling around a breakup, we can be told that they don't want to hear it. They can really try to push us to be better because it wasn't official anyways. And that grieving process that you need to go through to heal, to move forward, you're forced to skip it, to repress it. And so you never actually get to deal with those emotions. Or while you're dealing with it, you feel shame over why do I feel so upset they weren't even my man. Or, you know, I've already done this with them before. Why am I still so sad about it? And girl, your feelings are your feelings and they deserve to be felt. And so in today's episode, I'm going to talk about seven ways for you to cope with this breakup. And so, well, seven ways is going to be a process. So a seven-step process on coping with this breakup. I hope that it is supportive to you. Of course, as always, mixed with whatever your therapist is telling you and your trusted source, but I really want this to be a safe space to land. A few quick things before we jump in, though. Your girl has a new microphone, so be sure to give us some feedback to say if y'all like this better, if it still sounds the same, but want to make sure that we are improving on audio quality and your experience, and so would love to know. And then the second thing is we are still enrolling for our no contact, ready to let go recovery support group. I am really excited. For those of you who don't know, I am writing a book about our no contact process. So every Everything that was in our two episodes about no contact plus everything else and a lot more. I mentioned how the more I write this book, the longer and longer it's getting. And so in this ready to let go support group, we're going to be going over the no contact process. You're going to get 30 days of live support as we unlearn these things, as we let go of people, let go of these situationships that we keep going back to or people who are still in our head that we cannot 
get out of our mind and keep comparing other people to. So we're going to do that for 30 days, starting on April 24th. The investment has changed for those who checked it out last week. So if it was outside of your price point, go ahead and check again. I want to make sure that as many people want to join are able to join since this is going to be my last time teaching it live before the book comes out. So you can learn more about it by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash no contact. And it will give you an overview of everything you're going to learn and also the ability to join the group, introduce yourself. And then on April 24th is when we are going to go ahead and get started. So that is it for now. Let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning, and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So situationships. There's a lot of reasons that we end up in situationships, whether or not we are truly just friends with someone, truly platonic friends, things happen and no one defines it until it's time to define it. And then one person says that they're not feeling it the way that the other person is. Or y'all are exes who are trying to be casual friends and y'all can't do that because of the history. Or you are exes and you're trying to be nonchalant and progressive and evolved and have your fun on the side and it doesn't mean anything or they are. And the other person, one or both people, catch feelings or they don't acknowledge that they've already had the feelings. And so something happens that makes them realize that their feelings are deeper than the other person or maybe they're just as deep, but the other person cannot give them what they want. Or you are dating someone and y'all both talk about just wanting to talk and see how things go. And you are seeing how things go. And you think because you are getting access to all these levels of their life that, of course, y'all are together and they come to find out that you're not. And, you know, it's hard. I saw a TikTok the other day of this guy who was saying that he was going to ask his best friend to be his girlfriend. And the way that he talked about their story is that for the last 11 months, I think, they, I couldn't tell they had been 
a little bit more than friends for the last 11 months, or they have known each other that long, and then recently things have changed. And, you know, he flew on a plane to go and and propose, and he kept saying in the video, this is not a proposal, but he found out where she was going to be. He brought her flowers. He had this whole speech prepared. He asked the Uber driver to record it, and it was so sweet and it was very touching. And I think we see things like that, and we see other people's stories of how they waited and it turned around and you think that that's more common than it is or you think that surely in this situation this person respects me enough they love me enough we're on the same page that of course that's how it's going to end I'm just going to be patient I'm not going to press it I'm just going to let it go until you until it doesn't work out that way and so obviously me saying this is for the people whose story did not work out the way that that TikTok worked out, where for whatever reason he needed to wait that period of time, but he was so sure and certain throughout it. But what I've said in previous episodes, and then I'm going to move on to what to do, but what I've said in previous episodes is it's so important that you're clear on what you what you want. Sometimes, and I don't know if I said this in the last episode where I talked about this, sometimes what you want is to truly be friends, is to truly have no attachments, is to truly just live your life and you do not want to be bogged down. And that if that's where you need to be and that's where you are happily, then do that. Live your best life. I have concern when there are people who are trying to convince themselves that they are okay with that, that they are okay with casual connections and they just hope that one day a casual connection will evolve into a long-term monogamous commitment instead of being honest with yourself that that is something that you want and I guess the flip side of that just to just to affirm where I know many of us are because I hear your stories is you are clear that you want a long-term monogamous commitment but in the meantime life gets lonely and you want to have intimacy and connection. And you know that this is not Mr. Right, but it's Mr. Right now. And he's not throwing off red flags, maybe some yellow flags, or maybe it's green flags. But except for the fact that they don't want to be committed and tied down. And so you'll take the, the love and the joy and the gifts and the attention while you can. And I know that some people are able to work with that. And I think many of us try to make it so that we are okay to work with that because that's all we have available. And so you're trying to enjoy it as much as you can. And so for the moments when you start off being very strong and detached and able to separate yourself, and then you find that you are a little bit more attached and grounded and committed to this relationship and it doesn't work out, doesn't work out like the Friends with Benefits movie or whatever those movies were, then I hope that what I'm going to share here helps you. So the first step of the process that I want to give for you today, and again, always fill in with your own tools and your own things that you have from other teachers, therapists, pastors, whoever, intuition, internal spirit, God, your religious beliefs. The first step is for those of you where you're the one who cut it off or you're the one who said, you know what, this doesn't work for me. And you really like stepping your self-worth and you're like, I deserve better or you cross the line, you cross the boundary. And so you ended it something to where you felt empowered and you did it. When you do that, 
9.999 times out of 10, even if you're kind of sad about it, you feel empowered, right? Because you just did something for yourself and it was on your own terms, especially if you felt like you were being kind of dragged in this unknown place for so long. Now you have you had the steering wheel and yes, you ended it, but you were the one who ended it and you're the one who had the last word. And so that feels good, especially if you felt powerless for a long time. And that adrenaline is addicting <laughs> and that adrenaline and feeling feeling yourself and feeling feeling that you're the prize and feeling that you're worthy and reclaiming that, you can run off that for a long time. So my first step for you is to use that adrenaline girl Go and take all the classes, go and apply for what you want, clean up your house, schedule your your doctor's visits, you know, go to that yoga class, book that trip to Greece, use that energy, girl, go for it, go for it and, and build that life and enjoy yourself because living in that place, again, feels so fulfilling and it feels so rich and you feel like you're in the clouds and you deserve to feel that way after you haven't felt that in so long. And you can probably tell where, where I'm going from here by the way I talked about that. The second step in the process is for those where the break was not initiated by you or it was initiated by you and now the adrenaline is coming down. And now you're starting to feel the feelings that the adrenaline and the busyness and the classes and the hobbies and the trips and the dating other people and the sleeping with other people have protected you from. The fact that you bonded to this person and you feel sad and you're grieving. You know, we aren't supposed to try to trick our bodies and our minds and our souls on how to detach from people. That has never been part of the human design. We are supposed to attach. We're supposed to live in tribes. We're supposed to live in community. We're supposed to live in relationship. And as women, the word I'm about to use is for, actually, I was about to qualify that and say that this is something that is unique only to women. But uh, what I'll say is that it's a little bit more visibly pronounced in women. We're the ones who are a little bit more expressive with it. But we are built to connect and to nurture and to love. And that is even for those of us who have the stronger skin, who are really blunt, like those people who are the ones who have no filter and the ones who are the ones who are quick to tell you, those are the most loyal people I've ever met. Like not 10 times out of 10, the ones who are going to tell you straight are the ones that once you're in their circle you ain't never coming out because of the trust and the and the connection that they have, right? So us knowing how to connect and to love is God-given, is spirit-filled, is how it's supposed to be. And so we can sometimes want to run from the fact that we are sad about this connection because maybe we think that that shows that they were weak or that we're foolish, you know, maybe we thought we, maybe we feel like we, knew what it was, and so we shouldn't feel sad. But no, girl, the thing that maybe could have been a different decision is before you got into it or while you were in it, to be honest with yourself and say, okay, the way that I'm wired, the way that humans are wired is to build a connection. So I'm going into this knowing that I'm going to have feelings for this person. Is it worth it? 
And especially if you've already started having feelings, you're going to be like, yeah, it's worth it. Um, And if it's for any of the reasons that I mentioned before, like loneliness or you just want to live your life and, you know, you're not at a stage stage in life where you even want to have commitment, you may still move forward anyways. And so the second step about crying and feeling your feelings is to acknowledge and to reclaim what's been lost in you. You know, I think what happens when people have gone through a lot of situationships or just breakups in general with people who are unavailable and don't show up is that you you want to not feel this pain as deeply. So you really try to do the detachment that I'm talking about or to to deprioritize where they are in your life. And what that does is it makes it really harder for the people who are available. It makes it really hard for the person who is healthy, the one who does want to move forward because you spent years and years of your life learning how to deprioritize connection, attachment, and love because you can't trust it because you've built all these defense mechanisms knowing that it's going to end. And that doesn't magically stop when you meet the right person. You don't even really realize it's the right person because you, if if they're doing all the right things, you're looking for some other reason to end it. You're trying to anticipate their flaws. You're trying to look for things that were never on your list of of non-negotiables and now you can't deal with it. You know, they smack their teeth too much when they're talking, you know, that wasn't on your list, but it is now. <laughs> and, and you can justify it with all of that. I deserve to be happy and you do, you do. And so if you know that you deserve to be happy, that means that we're going to protect and honor our heart and only give it to people in situations that we know are going to honor that are giving signs of availability. And yeah, that's the standard. So crying and feeling the feelings in your body does not just look like saying I'm sad and then again going and doing something positive. It means like journaling or something else, which are amazing tools to do. But again, you can be doing the most amazing self-care activities that your therapist told you to do or your coach told you to do. Especially if, if you're with me, you're going to get a whole long list of things for you to do. And it's still you being avoided. It's still you repressing and running and trying to distract yourself. So when I say feel your feelings, it means that when you start to think about them and you, and you start to get sad, where do you feel that sadness? Do you feel it in the pit of your stomach? Do you feel yourself brace up? Do you feel that you want to get up and jump up and go and straighten something else in the living room? Right? I want you to notice where the pain is in, in your body and breathe into that place. The goal is not to try to force your body to relax, but that you are telling your body, I see you, I feel it, I'm here. And you're also training your body, you're training your mind, you're training your psyche, you're training your spirit. And you're reteaching yourself, you're reteaching your inner child that I will be here for you, that I don't think your feelings are too much, that I don't think that is too scary that I don't think that you're too needy, that whatever you need, I got you and I'm here. And when you know how to have you, you're not going to be so dependent on people who are giving you half half measures in relationships and the falsity and the illusion of being there for you. But really, they're biding time. And sometimes they know that they're doing it and sometimes they don't. 
And I think we can get mixed up in situationships when we're handling, when we're connecting with people who are nice women and nice men. And we're like, they would never intentionally hurt you. And whether or not someone has intentions to do it or not has nothing to do with how their trauma will show up and where they currently are in their process. After that second step of feeling it in your body and crying and letting yourself feel it, I want you to understand that you have the power to move forward and make different decisions. So again, with situationships, it is very common, even if you go into it knowingly, when it ends, because we are built to attach and we are built to, you know, connect to people. And so to have connections severed, whether or not it's a friendship that ends, a romantic partnership, family relationships that are toxic that we have to cut off, like it's not natural, it's not how we were supposed to be doing it. And yeah, that may be what life has given us, but it doesn't make it easier to go through when we're making these decisions for ourselves. So when you may, if you feel shame or guilt or embarrassment, especially if it was a long-term thing, especially if you have friends and or family who were telling you what was happening, that you deserve better, that they saw the writing on the wall, if it was like toxic or something, you can want to try to do all these other distracting things too to rebuild your confidence. You know, like, yeah, this was a nightmare and a chaotic thing that happened, but at least I'm great at my job or at least I'm really smart or at least I can, you know, beat my face and I get the best eyebrows than anybody in the room. You know, like whatever your distraction or your thing is, but I want you to, instead of trying to distract from that shame or that guilt or that embarrassment or the grief, I want you to know that this is not evidence of how foolish you are or how weak you are or how much of a simp you are, whatever word or negative labels in your brain, but that this was part of you learning that you get to use this experience to have clarity on what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And this gets to help empower you. You get to have gratitude over the moments that he, she, or they gave you in your romantic partnership, that you did get to have those smiles, that you did get to have those giftings, that you did get to have those dates, those orgasms, those, you know, time with family, like whatever it may be, you got to have that. And let's say on the negative side, let's say that the situationship didn't have any of that is more of you kind of chasing them and trying to make their life better and their life easier to try to get them to commit to you. You got the experience of what that feels like in your body to be run ragged like that. And so, you know, even though you don't know what it feels like yet to feel loved, you know what it feels like to not feel loved. And so that's just as important as the other one as well. So you know to avoid that, whatever it is, if this makes my stomach hurt like this, if this makes me nauseated, if this makes me neglect myself, then this ain't it. And so understand that you have the power that even if you didn't end it, you still have you and that's okay. And it's okay to also feel disempowered. You know, for those of us, especially my love avoidance, the way that we feel safe in the world is to be in control. So to have a situation or something end without our say, and we're not empowered to fix it or anything like that, or we have the, the awareness to know that this is unfixable, so we have to make a break. It can be embarrassing, not only because of the heartbreak, but also because oh, I walked into a situation or I created a situation that I did not emerge as the winner, as victorious, as the one in charge. 
And I want you to understand that you are a soft woman with a heart. I'll say that again. You are a soft woman with a heart and that those words are not an insult. That as a woman, you can be multi-faced, multifaceted. You can be a warrior in some places. You can be strong and determined and a leader and a boss and you don't mess with me. And you can also have the, the dual reality of being soft, of being fragile and deserving to be nurtured and loved. And that is the part that you want to connect to and love as well. Again, when we think about the size of ourselves that we cultivate, when we continue to be in relationships that don't honor us, is you either don't have the experience or you forget if you did have the experience that love should be soft, it should be easy, it should be safe. And when you are in a safe place, you don't walk around with armor on. You don't walk around with a sword ready to shank anybody and slice and dice anybody who's about to harm you because you are living in in safety and security. You're living in your happy place, right? And so you gave that part of yourself to someone because that's how it should have been in the first place. And so you, what you're building your awareness around is who are actually the safe people, who are the wolves, who are the predators. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. And who are, you know, the, the shepherds, who are the bunny rabbits, who are, who are the safe Bambies that I can spend time with and be with. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. 
Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. The fourth step of coping with your breakup. And, you know, I had to write it because, and I tried to think of a different way to to make this point or even if I had to include it, but due to the circumstances, this one had to stay. And it's the fourth one is know that your friends are right. Okay. So the part of what your friends are saying that I want to say is right is that you deserve better. And that the red flags were flagging. If your friends are saying anything to that nature, that you deserve better, that's empowering. If they're saying that you're a dumb bitch, if they're saying um, you deserve what you got, if they're saying, um, let's let's toss those comments out. I'll leave you to determine if they, if the friends need to be tossed out too, if that's just how they joke and if that's your humor, but they're saying it at the wrong place. I'm going to let you assess that. But Anything around your friends saying that you deserve better, let's move forward, let's keep going and hear the things that were wrong, know that they were right. And the reason why I want to say that here specifically, I don't think if I've talked about breaking up in other places, I've specifically said this because I think I've leaned more into feel your grief and feel your feelings for as long as you need to. And yes, feel your grief, but your friends are right here because this was someone who did not value you enough, not because you're not valuable, but because of their own blindness, because of their own insecurities, because of their own internal dishonesty, manipulation, whatever the case is, they're, because of their own stuff, they did not respect you and love you enough to, to, to claim you. And so they've already done enough. We are not going to stop our life and grieve someone who does not deserve the breath. You deserve to be loved and to cherish it for your heart and the pain that you've gone through to be validated and grieved. But them as a person in that relationship, no. No, 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 no. We're grieving for the inner little girl inside of you that was harmed and taken advantage of and, and not loved. But we are not going to paint this person and paint this situation as if it was our end-all be-all. Because even if they were someone that we got into a situationship with all these green flags because they had all this stuff on our list, the emotional protection that they did not give you by by leading you on and letting you stay here and telling you I'm not really looking for anything serious but continuing to do serious things with you, that's a red flag. The red flag is flagging. Their their integrity is out of question is is out of order. It doesn't connect. It's it ain't it ain't working together. The math ain't mathing, right? And so there are some red flags that are not on your radar yet that you need to learn are actually red flags so that you can 
not continue to repeat this situation. That's one of the things that we really talk about in the recovery school and in the dating course. If you decide to get that as part of your bonus course, when you enroll in the recovery school, you get to choose a a bonus course for you to go deeper into. So whether or not it's love deprivation or dating or relationships, you get access to an extra bonus program. And so when we do the dating track, we really spend a lot of time on what are these red flags and owning it. So that is what? Step number five. One, two, three, four, five. Yes. So let's talk about six. After you acknowledge that your friends were right and that you deserve more, here's the internal work I'm going to give you. This is a journaling prompt for you to take with you. So what is the advantage of being in a situationship? I repeat again, step six is to do this journaling prompt and this reflection. And I want you to write it out. I don't want you to think about it because your brain be doing tricks on you. When you write stuff out, you, you get things out that you didn't even know that you were thinking. So write it out. Do not think about it. Do not think about it. Write it out. What is the advantage of being in a situationship? Another way to say it is, what were some of the benefits that I got or that I have gotten from continuing to be in situationships? So the reason why that is an internal work is because an internal prompt that I want you to take is because I'm going to say something that's really infuriating, but I hope with this explanation is going to make sense why I'm saying that. We attract what we have capacity for. We attract what we what we feel comfortable with is what I'll say. I'm not going to say what we are, even though that might be a synonym. I just want to make sure that I'm not unintentionally providing shame. But here's an example I'm going to say. There was a point in time when I kept meeting the most amazing people, the most amazing men, and almost everything I would want on my list. And sometimes it was. It did feel like it was what I wanted on my list. But they kept being people who were super busy. So they were crazy about me, super validating, super open, all of this great stuff. But they either worked jobs that were completely the different different hours than me. They worked in a completely different place. Literally, there were two people who I can think, literally, I have a flexible schedule and they just happen to work the night shift <laughs> for their respective jobs. And I was like, what? Or their jobs were so, one person's job was just so strict. There was no flexibility and they worked a lot of hours. And I kept being like, why does this keep happening? I got frustrated. And finally, I was like, what is this? What, why is this happening? What is, what is the benefit of, of me being with people, meeting people who were too busy for me? And the benefit is exactly what I just said. They're too busy for me. So if you're too busy, the benefit is I get to keep my own life. It means I get to have freedom. It means I don't have to share. It means, you know, my subconsciously, I was attracted to and comfortable with people who continue to allow me to stay avoidant. And also I had to look at, do I have enough time for myself? You know, so that's part of the process that I had to work through. And so for situationships, if you find, again, if you find that you are in this pattern or if it's just this one and one is enough for you to be like, I don't want to do this again. What is the benefit that you get from being in a situationship or that a situationship, and it doesn't have to be this one specifically, but just in general, if it's too triggering to think about this one specifically. 
Do you get to stay anonymous? Do you get to connect without the fear of someone rejecting you? Do you get to connect without the fear of someone getting violent? You know, I think about how some so many of us avoid commitment because of what we saw, how we saw it play out. So all the stories that are there. So when people get commitment, that's when the addictions come. That's when the anger comes out. That's when the infidelity starts. So if we stay cool and casual, then none of that's going to happen. You know, journal, journal that out. What is it? What keeps bringing you to these situationships? And then after that, step seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, step seven is you need to work on your self-love, work on your self-value. You are already super valuable, but there is a part of you especially if you were someone who got into a situationship aware of what aware of what you actually wanted and you were settling and trying to make it work there is something in you that's that allows you to be a martyr for the potential of this coming out some way and you putting yourself you allowing yourself you how do I want to say this cuz I want to say it in a not condemning way I'll just say it and if I need to clean it up, I'll clean it up. Hopefully it comes out right. But you allowing yourself to be in the company of someone who's not going to honor you in the way that you know that you want and deserve lets me know that you that there's a part of you that doesn't value protecting you. You want it. You crave it. You desire it. You cry for it. And... You're putting your most precious jewel in the hands of someone who has a stealing problem. And you're like, if they actually really see the value in this, they're not going to steal it. They're going to polish it off and put it on the cabinet versus saying, I don't give my jewels to thieves. Right. And then with that said, is there a thought that comes up? As I say that, and you're, there's a, a detachment there that you're like, me, a jewel, maybe I'm a rock, maybe, maybe a dirty crystal, but I'm not a jewel. Or when you see yourself as a rock, you're a rock that's in little pieces. You know, like, can you, can you own and receive that you're a jewel fully? And if so, how long does it stay before the image leaves? You know, can you sustain it? before you start to distract yourself with other things and other accomplishments versus you just being worthy for being who you are. So, so yeah, those are my steps for you, my ladies, my dears, my people, my peeps. And I hope that it was helpful. I hope that it has validated some things that you needed to. And I hope that if you send this to a loved one, that they're able to get some, some love and support from it as well. I want to remind you, ladies, that... These patterns are so often subconscious and we are consistently doing things that continue the pattern, that continue us ending a situation here and getting to a relationship with somebody else who's just like the situation or different, you know, different, different name, but the same pattern or maybe a different set of behaviors, but they still end up emotionally abandoning you and harming you in some way. And so we have to break that cycle. No contact with these toxic people is one of the tools that we use to do this. And the reason why I spend so much time talking about no contact with my students 
and we have a whole program that's being turned into a course. And why I'm not leaving it to these two episodes is because no contact, no contact provokes or it it highlights so much of your inner work that you need to focus and target on that you miss when you skip steps. There are so many of us who will do the spirit of no contact. Or if you listen to the first episode where I talked about this, you'll use no contact as a punishment. Like no contact is a healing tool, the way that I teach it at least. No contact is not how you set somebody straight, is not how you get revenge, is not how you, you know, show the world that you love yourself now. It is literally you detoxing yourself from toxic connections that have taken advantage of you, that have taken away from you the ability to focus and love on you and learning to build a life around it. And so we're going to spend 30 days together to use that no contact tool. And I'm going to be talking about all the tools that I tell you all to do throughout it. Like I said before, recovery school students are invited to come back in and join us. For if there is a refresher that you want to join as well, I mean, you can email us for the code for you to join. This is real work. This is sacred work. And this is work that you need to do while you're in a community of people who understand. So while there will be a main focus in the curriculum on romantic partnerships, this includes with toxic friendships that may have been draining you emotionally, that there's this constant cat and mouse, push-pull, frenemy, no frenemy thing going on and getting support on how to do that is also with family relationships, whether or not it's parents, whether or not it's siblings, whether or not it's someone you're co-parenting with, we are going to talk about that. And so would love for you to join so that you can get this stuff out of your system. I hate when I will talk with a friend or even a student who's kind of remixed this process and kind of done it in their own way. And they do such amazing work to get out of a relationship with one toxic person only to go and repeat the same pattern with somebody else. And this doesn't happen often, especially with my students, because they come in ready to to work and to learn and to learn things that maybe they thought they knew, right? We're all, every, all of my recovery school students are the most brilliant, <laughs> funny, accomplished, and 9.999 times out of 10, even if they are emotionally detached, they're super emotionally aware, which I'm always just so impressed by. And they still come in with humility and desire to make different changes. And I, and I love that for them and they get the benefit of it. But every once in a while, when someone is still trying to kind of do it on their own, I see them get out of a situation and do their own version of no contact only to go and find a similar type of situation, if not in a romantic partnership, in a friendship with the boss, going back to the OG relationship and a family relationship, you know, so you again, this really does expose the places that it's time for you to do some work in. And so I I look forward to having these 30 days together so that we can see together how all the materials work for you, bridge the gaps, put it in a book, and I get the opportunity to lead those who have been having trouble, who have been scared to do it, those who have been pushing it off and saying, okay, I'll do it after this graduation. I'll do it after 
whatever. I'll do it after Mother's Day. Whatever story you've been telling yourself, realizing that there's never going to be a right time but now, that this is actually your trauma, your self-protection talking, and also the part of you that's so used to keeping things status quo because it's familiar, it's not comfortable, but it's familiar, that you're going to have to push past that and get started now. So again, the link to join us is blackgirlsheal.org slash no contact. And as always, uh, people who join the no contact program or group will get a discount to the recovery school that they can use later at a later date as well. So that is it. I look forward to welcoming you all in and seeing you before April 24th as you come in. But for sure, we all officially get started on April 24th and let these relationships go. So that's it. I'm sending you all so much love and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. As always, take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.